Welcome to Third Floor Views, where we at Chesapeake Family Life talk about health, education, and living with kids. I'm your host, Janet Jefferson. Today, we're talking about summer camps and what to expect this year. Some camps still haven't decided on opening dates and Chesapeake Family Life is updating the online directory every day as we get new information. But today, right now, we have a chance to ask some of our burning questions about summer camp. So here with us is Sarah Krizik from Annapolis Maritime Museum and Park, Mike Strawbridge, owner and director of Bayside Summer Adventures, and Corey Evans, director at Camp Conrad Weiser. So thank you so much to everyone for, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. But let's jump right in. So first, I would love it if each of you could just go around briefly and and tell us just a little bit about your camp so we know what you're working with. So basic theme and activities, but then also um, what age range you cover. So Sarah, let's start with you. Sure, great. So as you mentioned, I'm with the Annapolis Maritime Museum and Park. Obviously our camp is based in Annapolis, Maryland, and we do one week sessions of day camps. Um, We do a nature and maritime themed camp, which is conveniently outside. So very COVID safe. And we do elementary school students, so rising kindergarten up to sixth grade. And we also have a CIT program for our middle and high school students. Gotcha. So you do have a range then from from the littles to the littles, yes. <laughs> to almost college age. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good to know. Corey, how about you? Yeah. So uh, Corey Evans, the South Mountain YMCA camps and, and Camp Conrad Weiser is our overnight summer camp. So we're an independent YMCA camp and conference center, and we run seven weeks in the summer. Six of those weeks are concurrent two-week sessions, so kids come for two weeks at a time. And then our last week this season for the current situation is reserved for our families that are looking for only one week of summer camp. Our campers start with an Explorers program at seven years old. So that's for seven and eight-year-olds. And then our camper, our traditional camper range goes up to 16. And then we have a counselor and training program for campers that are ages 16 and 17. Those folks are excited and, and working towards being camp counselors. So our we're, we call it a traditional overnight summer camp where the kids are in cabins with their age groups and they travel around and do activities from high ropes courses to climbing, to horseback riding, to swimming in our big outdoor pool, crafts, sports. Uh, we have a, a wide range of target sports and arts and crafts and guitar. And there's probably about 30 different activities that are on the, on the menu for kids to do when they get here. Awesome. So a big age range as well and overnight, which I think is important to highlight, but a lot of, a lot, mostly outdoor activities. Perfect. How about you, Mike? Hi, uh, Bayside Summer Camp has been operating, well, this will be our 25th summer. We are, we say a small independent camp, but we, pre-COVID, used to do about 150, 180 kids a week. But we started age four and go all the way up to 15. Uh, we're a weekly program. We're out at Sandy Point State Park. We operate there, but we're not affiliated with DNR. Started the program, like I said, 25 summers ago, and uh, it's gone very well. We're able to use the park's resources and pretty much offer a little bit of everything. We do all the sports and the science and the nature and the canoeing, crabbing, fishing, paddleboard. But then we add those other things like even Bayside Yoga. We sort of try and create the program where the kids have a lot of say in what they do. The program is pretty much all outdoors while we do rent a pavilion from Sandy Point. I think last year when we did this you know, with COVID, because we were such an outdoor-based program, we were able to run all 12 weeks, but with the help of the parents and everybody doing their bit, we were able to have a great summer and uh, so we're hoping to do the same this year. 
Perfect. So you, you're outside as well, a big age spread and, and you are probably, it sounds like the youngest, you have the youngest campers of everyone going all the way down to age four. Awesome. So I think let's talk a little bit just about, about COVID this summer and what to expect this summer. So I think this is, this is the big question is what will camp be like this summer? What similarities will it have to, to last year, which was definitely an anomaly, but then what, what are going to be the differences as well? And are we starting to maybe move back to something that looks a little bit more normal or do you just not know at this point? And that is okay. Corey, let's start with you out at Camp Conrad Weiser. What, what are, what's the summer going to look like? Sure. We, uh, you know, we, we definitely have our, our uh, camp community here that was definitely, you know, concerned about how camp is going to be different, um, but also excited to get back to camp. So our, we have sort of three guiding principles uh, to go throughout our dealing with COVID. And the first one was the the sessions that we offer. So uh, camp this summer is going to be a little bit smaller. So we've reduced our capacity to about half. And it's a, kind of a cool thing because it opens up different opportunities for programming. There's a little bit more, you know, intimacy between campers and the uh, and the counselors and, and the activities that they're able to do. So you can kind of get up to different things with that. So it's, you know, limiting the amount of, of people in camp. The second thing is, is what our program offerings are. So again, we've, we've, move to two week sessions only. So last year, you, if you were on camp for the whole summer there, you know, the first day of camp in June, there was kids on camp all the way through until the la- very last day of camp. This year, we're requiring everyone to leave at the end of a two week session so that we have time to sanitize everything. And so we're limiting the amount of foot traffic that goes in and out of camp. So normally we'd have a check-in and a checkout every, you know, check-in was every Sunday and checkout was every Saturday. So now uh, everyone leaves and there's nobody on camp for a full weekend so we can clean camp. And we're focusing more on our small group activities. So previously, if you if a, if a camper came to camp, they came and they got to choose their activities individually. So if I came to camp as a camper, I would do I would choose archery period one and crafts period two, and and I would do those activities for an hour every day. Those kids, we really find that group or just activity choice is very important for independence, and that's a, a huge element of our program that we're not willing to give up. So rather than having that individual choice, we're looking for our our cabin groups to make choices amongst themselves. Mm. And so they will set their schedule and they're going to stay with their group of, uh, you know, six kids in a cabin and one counselor and trail around. And this will actually give them a little bit more diversity to activity. So they'll actually get to try more things this year. So we're looking at this, not as a, Oh, what are we taking away? But what opportunity do we have to do? Another thing that's going to be a little bit different is, you know, our campers and staff used to, you know, always get really excited for our all, all camp big activities. So, you know, getting the whole camp together and playing a game of capture the flag. And I don't want to get rid of that. I think that we can safely do an opening campfire with a whole camp distance and, and masks as we have to. And then maybe instead of, you know, having a, a big game of capture the flag, where the goal is for everyone to go out and touch each other and then come back to their group. Maybe that's not the activity that we do this year, but can we do an all camp Olympics where each Mm -hmm. cabin group competes against another cabin group? Can we, can we do a scavenger hunt with your cabin group and involve the whole camp? And so the feedback that I've gotten from my my staff in their interviews this year, my returning staff and and camper families is they're pretty excited that we're going to be keeping that, that all camp sort of community within, within things. So 
the other things that are going to be different this year are just, yeah, being more conscious about not gathering large groups of people in small spaces, being more, you know, being more conscious about washing hands and sanitizing services. And we're right now looking into, you know, pre-testing and testing while we're at mm-hmm. camp as, as well as staff vaccinations. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds, it sounds like you guys have really thought about a lot of different pieces and I love that for a full year, (laughs) (laughs) but I love the positive spin on it too. The idea of like, yeah, we've got these smaller groups, but you know, that's, that's an opportunity for, for kids to bond more. And I know that's something they're desperately craving right now. So, so that sounds, it sounds really, really exciting. Um, how about you, Mike, what, what is camp going to look like this year opposed to last year or, or previous summers? Yeah. When we look at how things went last year compared to the years before, we used to be, our camp program was set up very similar to like an out, an overnight camp, as uh, Corey was talking about, where we had the kids, we have four periods in the day, and kids would pretty much choose their activities, and then we would move them to instructors. And so they would get to, you know, intermix with lots of different people. Whereas last summer, summer we went to that pod system, where pretty much, what's like Corey was talking about cabin groups, we had smaller groups. And the entire group sort of had to come up with a schedule on Monday for each activity period. So kids were having to sort of come up with an agreement of what they wanted to do. But not everybody wanted to go paddleboarding. Not everybody wanted to go paddleboarding. So it was a lot of give and take. But it actually did give kids the opportunity to try things that they didn't know they really liked. So we found a lot of positives. You know, the smaller groups this year, we're hoping to try and maybe make our groups a little bit larger. By that, I mean, you know, maybe 16 in a group with two staff. Whereas last year with one staff, maybe eight kids. And that way, each activity period, they could decide between two. But that actually will probably come down to the state and the county health department that they say what group sizes are. Last year, we had to limit them to uh, no more than 15 people, including a staff person. So even with like some of our older kids, where we would go with a little bit larger group, we're limited with the size. Um, but I do think, you know, we're going to try and mix in some of the things we used to do in years past with what went well last year and uh, keep moving forward. But there's still definitely some unknowns as far as how things will look this summer. I mean, we were, and Corey had mentioned getting staff vaccinations. I'm getting mine on Sunday. Uh, so we'll encourage all of our staff, you know, if they're working with child care, uh, get the shot. You know, every precaution we could take. And we'll keep reminding parents, you know, we've had parents ask us, will kids have to wear a mask? Um, really that, we're not sure yet where we're going to see. But we'll continue to, you know, keep it positive. We've had a lot of parents say last summer, our camp was their kids a little bit of normal. And those who were already signed up have pretty much said that they can't wait for summer just because of that. It sort of gives that kid that ability to get back to what normal is, whatever that is. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it's critical right now, especially for kids. Sarah, how about you? What are you doing this summer and how's it going to look a little bit different or the yeah. same to last summer? Really jumping on what Corey and Mike said, our biggest changes from previous summers is that we're having a smaller capacity. Our camps are a little bit different in that the students already kind of were in a pod um, doing activities together, but that capacity is going to be reduced. So instead of having 16 campers, we'll probably have more like 13 um, just to stay in, again, that number that the state is setting for us. And unfortunately, you know, those all camp activities like Corey was mentioning that are such a big part of the camp culture and the camp community, you know, we're going to have to rethink a little bit. Corey had those kind of those same thoughts we're having, like maybe they can do an Olympics instead or, um, you know, challenges that are, so we're not bringing them together. Um, luckily our camp was already outside a lot. So, you know, they're fishing and kayaking and seining and wading in the water. So those activities, you know, they're the fan favorites and we get to keep those safely. But, you know, right now we're just really waiting to see what the state of Maryland says. You know, they haven't updated their COVID plan since 
last summer. So we'll see if there's changes, um, but we ran a successful camp last summer. So I anticipate we can do it again this year. Definitely. What is camp registration looking like right now? So we are starting to, you know, parents are signing up. Is it looking, is it higher than normal at this time of year? Um, is it down or are parents sort of dragging their feet? Mike, let's start with you. What are, what are you seeing right now in terms of signups for the summer? We are getting a little bit of both. Hmm. Now, naturally, last year, we had a ton of people sign up in February, March when we first opened, and then hmm. it just died because of COVID. But then we were refunding a lot of money. But then also in June, we had our biggest you know, month probably we, than we've ever had just because all of a sudden we were able to open again and people were desperately looking for camp and found us. This year, we just opened registration this past Monday. And registrations have been going pretty steady, but we're getting a lot of emails. Um, we just got one yesterday from a parent who last year took the credit option we had put out there to apply it this year. And she just said with COVID, she's still not comfortable. So end up refunding her money. But it's going all right. But people were noticing we got that first big push this past five days. And we've sort of seen it taper off a little bit. And I think people are still, you hear it on the news about the variants. And you're, so there's sort of, there would be those that would be cautious. They'll wait. Having the snow and ice that we just got sort of takes people back away and reminding them that it's still winter and summer is not here yet. You know, when we start having the warm weather, then all of a sudden it kicks back in. But so we're getting registrations, but I think there's still that little bit of hesitation for parents to commit to certain, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you accepting the same number of kids as last year, or is it a little bit unknown right now how many kids you can take? It's a little bit unknown, but partly for us, it's staffing. Mm -hmm. Last year, we got the word, you know, just like everybody else, that two weeks before camp was supposed to begin, you could start. So we really didn't have time to interview a lot of staff. So we pretty much only relied on our returning staff. So this year we put out, we just started interviewing and um, it's going to be somewhat that, you know, whether or not we can find the right staff that we feel confident in and trust in them with people's children. But as far as our numbers, we're hoping we'll probably go up a little bit, uh, but we used to do 150, 180 pre-COVID. Last year we did about 100, 110 max. So this year we're hoping to get back to maybe 130, but really it's, we'll wait and see. Um, right. It's, do you expect you might have to turn people away? because you'll, you'll be full. We do. There were a lot of people that found us last year that had never heard of us. And we don't, we're fortunate. Mm -hmm. We have not done a lot of advertising. And it's when we opened up, we had people coming 30, 35 miles driving from Chevrolet near DC out to camp. I just talked to that mom two days ago and she's like, yeah, I have three other friends who, you know, they're going to come. And I just, it's great. So we're excited in one hand, we're very, you know, think it might be a great opportunity. A lot of people found us last year, didn't know we even existed. So I think our numbers will be pretty good. I'm pretty sure we will fill up. So I'm not concerned about that. But yeah, as far as the exact, what it's going to look like, uh, it's still, you know, we still got a few months to figure all that out. But uh, yeah, I think we'll probably hit around 120, 130 kids a week. And that's where we'll call it this year. Sounds good. How about you, Sarah? What's camp registration looking like? And are you expecting to fill up? Yeah, so our registration is going very well. Our spaces are filling up pretty quickly. We already have probably about three-fourths of our camps are already full for the year. Wow. So yeah, we're doing really well. Again, if the state allows us to have more students, we'll up our capacity a little bit. So we do have less students than we would typically have, but compared to last year, we're about at the same number. So gotcha. we're doing well. Great. How about you, Corey? What's registration looking like at this point? Sure. Registration's looking really good for for me. <laughs> um, uh, it's competitive right now for our, our families that are interested in camp. 
we, you know, we had a, a, a right away a very quick uh, turnaround with our returning families. Um, we do have some spaces open for for new families, and I, I guess you know, like I would say, like it's tough for parents right now because you know you want to be comfortable with camp and you want to wait to see how things pan out, but it sounds like a lot of people have reduced their capacities and, and things like that. And it's, uh, it's, you know, if you, if you do want to wait, you might not have the decisions that you, um, that you normally would in a, in a normal year waiting till May to register kids for camp. So, you know, there's, you know, I think a lot of, for us, like our, what we're looking at for making that decision is, you know, trying to be as uh, flexible with, with parents as possible as far as refund policies and things like that go. So yeah, we're, we are planning on a reduced capacity. I anticipate that we will have waiting lists, you know, on, on a lot of our sessions and yeah, so that's, that's what we're looking like with everything. So Sarah said that she might be able to open up more, more opportunities for kids to come more spots if, if the state allows. Right. So this is for you and Corey or for Corey and Mike, would you be able to expand openings too if the state allowed it? So Corey, I'll start with you. Um, yeah. Do you, is, would that be an option for you guys? I think, I think it, it would be an option and it kind of, Mike hit, hit the uh, nail on the head. It's all about staffing. Mm. So if you, you know, if they decide that they make that decision in the, in the middle of summer, you're, it's, it's going to be really tough to get a qualified staff person halfway through summer to right. expand your capacity. So, you know, if it's in, you know, if they make that decision in May, then, you know, you, you could potentially get some people that you interviewed and, you know, maybe you didn't have a space for them because you gave that space away to a returning staff member, but yeah, it's, it's all about, it's not just about your capacities. It's about your staffing and, right. and being able to be properly staffed. And I, and the big message that we're, that we're sending out with our camp it, and for everything involving capacities and, and wait lists and, and everything else COVID related to our families, we are giving the most conservative plan moving forward into summer. Like this is, these are all the things that aren't going to be available. And so here's their most conservative plan. And this is what we hope, you know, this is what we hope to loosen up as we move forward to summer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like could capture the flag, make a return, maybe Right. <laughs> it's all depends on, on how, how it happens. So. Right. And being in February, you, you have some time for sure. Right. But I, I think it's, it's, it's more important to, if you are comfortable with, you know, the most conservative plan moving forward, then that's better than, you know, all of a sudden having all these restrictions and changing the program a right. week before their kids come to camp. So definitely. Yeah. Um, how about you, Mike? Do you, would you be able to open up more spots to kids if the state allowed you to do so? Yeah, as I and Corey had just also mentioned, it really does come down to staffing, what we feel comfortable with. As far as the state, for us, it's just wondering what is what parameters are they going to put in place? Are they mm -hmm. going to keep it right at the one to 15? Are they going to change things? Are they going to like sit? Our focus is on definitely moving camp forward and trying to make sure the kids when they're out there have the best experience possible. And a lot of kids want to look back at what they, you know, when they come back to camp, they want to do what they did before. And we're in a different time. So it is one of those things we are all adapting and we will all move forward, but we're all on the same page where we just want to provide an amazing experience for these kids and, um, keep them as safe as possible and uh, but yeah as far as but we are it's it is hard as uh Sarah mentioned we have not heard from state as far as the updates they've been having their monthly meetings you know with the uh but they haven't put anything out yet you know and last year it was all it was 
June 1st before we heard certain, you know, what we could do, uh, right. what was going to be allowed. So we are licensed by the state. So it, a lot of it, we'll, we'll just keep moving forward with the expectation this is where we're going to be. But our numbers really depend on the staff. And what is, can I find the people I feel comfortable, you know, in trusting? Mm-hmm. I trust my kids with them. And we only interviewed these people for an hour, hour and a half, maybe, you know, you get to them and then you sort of, you hire them, you entrust them. And yeah, so, but I think it's, uh, hopefully the state will put out some things in the near future. So. Yeah, definitely. Ho- hopefully. Sarah, what are some of maybe your biggest concerns for this summer or biggest challenges that you're, you're looking forward to? And what are, what are you doing to prepare for those things? I, my, well, personally, my biggest concern right now is finding staffing because again, qualified staffing is the utmost importance to us. And, you know, there's some hesitation sometimes with, you know, our interns and people that we get that are college age, if they're comfortable being in that kind of group setting, teaching with the kids. So that's kind of our current challenge. You know, last year, our summer camp was very successful. We didn't have any, you know, COVID concerns, you know, the parents were happy. So you know, I'm pretty confident that we can just repeat what we did do last summer. I'm hoping that things are a little bit more relaxed, you know, that we do have some good news with vaccines and stuff coming out. But right now, just, you know, finding the qualified staff is, is my biggest question at the moment, but it, it is only February. So we have time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. How about you, Corey? What are your biggest concerns? Yeah, I, I, I'm lucky to say that I, I'm not having a staffing issue right now. I, I have 40 camp counselor spots, 30 of them are already taken by either people that we've already trained up through our counselor and training program or were staffed previously. But I, I guess the biggest concern regarding staffing would be vaccinations. So mm-hmm. our, we're really pushing our board of directors wants us to require to have all of our staff vaccinated. And uh, I hope we can deliver that and it's, it's, if it's available. So one of the great things with, with vaccines right now is the American Camping Association is has basically put every single summer camp employee on the on the priority list kind of in the same tier as teachers to be a uh, priority for vaccinations and that's that's nationally it varies from state to state so we're hoping here in Pennsylvania that that it, they're consistent with that so we can we can 100% say staff are vaccinated uh, going into it so I, I think that's one of the big th- one of the big things and I think Another like concern going into it is, is testing. So we have a pretty robust testing plan in place, uh, different periods of time during staff and campers experience at camp before and during. And so just making sure that all of the wheels are turning and everything is linking up so that we can, we can execute that, that plan and kind of the rest of it, you know, vaccinations, getting the staff vaccinated, COVID testing and, and the cleaning, like those are all going to be the new components mm-hmm. somewhat because we did run a small day camp last year, but the rest of it is, you know, I'm not concerned about programming and how to keep kids entertained and how to keep kids safe because like, that's what we do. Right. Uh, so it's, it's all the new pieces. I think were our big concerns and just making sure that, you know, that I, I believe that we have a very good product to put out for, as a camp experience to families and just making that the best possible experience that we can. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I, Definitely could see how it's the new pieces that are hard, but, but you guys are, you're experts in, in having fun and, and keeping kids safe and, and doing education in a really fun and an entertaining way. So that's, that's what you're best at. How about you, Mike, what are your biggest concerns for this summer and how are you preparing for them? Well, the biggest concern at staffing, as I keep saying, but as far as moving forward last year, like we ran 12 weeks and we did every week and didn't have any issues. 
So this year we're hoping things might be a little easier. We got all that experience under our belt. Nothing, none of us ever thought we were going to have to deal with. I've been doing camps and I just, and my wife can't stand it when I say it, but I've been doing camps for over 40 years. And last year was the hardest I have ever worked. It was a challenge between the cleaning and the screenings and everything going on and just trying to make sure the kids were engaged and staying safe and reminding kids to wear the mask. So we're actually looking forward this year to be a bit easier that they're still saying masks should be worn. The kids are used to it now. Yes, there will be less pushback. Um, so I think we don't have too many concerns moving forward. I mean, naturally, because it's still an unknown, you know, will there be new variants? Will there be other things that pop up? But been doing this a long time and think we're ready to take on whatever challenges come our way. Some of the new things, really, if I say if there's one thing this year, I've already gotten two requests from parents, you know, do we have any discounts? Because either they are lost their job or, you know, just had a dad yesterday who wants to sign up for 10 out of our 12 weeks. But he says, hey, do you offer any financial you know, discount? Unfortunately, we're a small independent camp and we don't. Sometimes we've had a church or something that has said, hey, they, they have some money, they want to send some kids and we give them a reduced rate so they can send some kids. But, but that's a challenge that parents are dealing with. So we'll continue just moving forward. And, uh, but no, for the most part, I think we're ready. We're excited for another summer to begin and uh, we'll look forward to June getting here. Yeah, I think that financial piece is really tough right now. It's tough for families, but it's also tough for all of you because you're operating with with lower numbers than you normally do. And you probably have a higher budget line because you have to do extra cleaning and do extra screenings and all these, This, as you said, Mike, last, last summer was the hardest you ever worked. So yeah, it's really hard to to connect the dots and make make everything work for everyone. It's, it's a really challenging situation to be in. So last question for everyone. If you, right now you have an opportunity to talk to parents and families, what would you like to, to tell parents and kids about this summer? And maybe it's, you keep hearing lots of the same question come in from families and you're like, all right, this is my opportunity to answer this question. Or maybe it's just like, I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to get you here. Or, or maybe a piece of advice. Corey, let's start with you. What, what would you like to tell families? Sure. Our, uh, I would say the biggest advice I could say is pay close attention to whatever camp that you're interested in, uh, to their communications. So if you see an email, don't block that out. You know, with our families, we have a parent handbook that's out right now, and we're going to be updating that parent handbook probably, you know, as it gets closer to summer biweekly with things that are going on and, and addendums and things like that. We're going to be doing video updates on what it's going to look like leading up to camp and specific directions for check-in and things like that, because it's going to be a little bit different. So, and even for parents that like, if this isn't your first camp or, or you've been going to the camp, like our, our families, like there's going to be some stuff different. So pay attention to the emails and pay attention to the the communication that's going out because you, you don't want to, you don't want to miss those things. And I would say the other piece is, you know, to, yeah, to just in the decision-making. So uh, again, you know, I think it's really important to make sure that you feel that you're safe going into a camp. So do your research, but don't wait too long because if, if you, if you do, you might not have the options coming up. And yeah, so I, I would say that those are the, the biggest, the biggest things. So do your research for sure on, on what the, what the mitigations for each camp that you're looking for are, are doing and, and, and I think that, you know, I think a, a place I always tell camp families to start is to start with the ACA accreditation. Not all camps are ACA accredited. Not all good camps are ACA accredited, um, but not all bad camps are not ACA accredited. <laughs> so, but it's a good place to start because that accreditation at least, you know, has the, like everyone who is accredited at least had to have that conversation on how to move 
you know, navigate through uh, getting all of their policies in place, but also a very good resource for COVID mitigation. And, and we have another, with our, with our organization, we have another resource that we've been using, which is the Y of the USA. Um, so both of those organizations have really given us the guidance along with the CDC to make sure that we are planning and we are presenting the best and safest program that we can. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Mike? What, uh, what would you like to tell families? Well, Corey hit on a lot of good things as far as communication. You know, he brings up the American Cancer Association. Maryland is actually a very good state when it comes to state licensing for camps. Knowing Virginia, Pennsylvania, having done programs for a variety of different organizations, Maryland does a very good job. It's annoying sometimes, but they, <laughs> they do a very good job monitoring the camp. So, but as Corey said, do the, parents should do their due diligence. They should look to see the camps. Uh, I'm surprised the number of times parents will be asking questions that they apologize for asking so many. I'm like, these are your kids. If camps aren't willing to talk to you, that should raise a little flag. Uh, but yeah, to definitely have parents ask questions. Bayside is one of the probably the most affordable camps I think that's out there. And we've been able to do that through a lot of different ways. Um, and I just, uh, it's, I think parents need to make sure that they, you know, find a place that they feel comfortable with their kids. But yeah, so it's, we're looking forward to another great summer and, you know, uh, let's just get here. Let's get to June. Yeah, I know everyone right now, I'm sure with the, the weather we've been having lately, we're like, yes, yes summer. <laughs> uh, how about you, Sarah? What advice or, or what would you like to tell families for, yeah, for this I, summer? I think what Mike and Corey said were really spot on. Um, you know, Maryland does have the state of Maryland regulates our summer camp. So they're, you know, pretty up and up. Everyone's, you know, doing their part. Um, but you, you do want to make sure the camp is transparent and they're communicating. So definitely check websites, reach out to camp directors, you know, if they don't have the time to answer your questions, it's probably not the right camp for you. You know, we, I love talking to parents and having them call and ask questions. And I'm so looking forward to summer camp and hopefully, you know, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel with COVID and the warmer weather. I think, I think everyone needs time to get outside, be out of nature. And, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Getting the kids off their screens would be wonderful. Yes, please. Absolutely. Yes. Well, it, to our families out there, it sounds like all of these amazing camp directors are really excited to answer your questions. So if you have questions, just ask. We love to hear your thoughts, comments, and questions. If you enjoyed what you heard today, check out more at thirdfloorviews.com. I'm Jenna Jefferson. This is Third Floor Views. Thank you for listening. Thank you.